Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd, fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, wal asr, innal insana lafi khusr, illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihati wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bil sabr, sadaqallahun aliyun azim. My dear respected, most honourable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity uh, in the most blessed of months to congregate uh, in one of his houses to remember him, to glorify him, to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. Now, I mentioned this before but it does literally feel like it was just yesterday uh, that we were talking about the, uh, the start or the upcoming or we were referring to the month of Ramadan as the upcoming month of Ramadan and talking about how we need to prepare for it and what, what, what our preparations need to be like in order for us to have a blessed Ramadan. And now we're sort of in the latter stages with about seven days left. And we're, lit we're talking about Eid. Tomorrow we'll be talking about we'll be announcing the day of Eid. That's how quickly time has passed us by. And it's imperative that we do not let these moments go to waste because that's what these blessed, this blessed time is like. They're moments that we need to extract. They're moments that we need to benefit from. It's highly unlikely in the commercialized world that we live in, this busy world, sort of doggy dog world that we live in, it's highly unlikely that there will be many people here who would have spent the entirety of the month of Ramadan solely engaged in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Highly unlikely. Because we've got so many other duties, we've got so many other responsibilities. So we try to divide our time, try to take out some time for worship, some time for work, some time for taking care of our children, some time for uh, social work, whatever it is. So we try to divide our time equally. Uh, and those of us who have been successful right now will be feeling good about themselves that it's coming to the end of the month I feel like I've done enough but I think for the vast majority of us we'll be feeling somewhat disappointed that we haven't extracted as much as we could from this blessed month and we don't know that we'll ever get this opportunity again we know of our brothers and sisters who, who were here with us, who joined us for Ramadan last year, but unfortunately are not with us today. And unfortunately, there will be people who have joined us this Ramadan in 2018, but in 2019, uh, they would have passed on. So it's imperative that we take uh, hold of these moments that we have to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it's a single moment that we just thought about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alhamdulillah, that's enough for us. 
Just to think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just to think about the purpose of your creation. Just to ponder and reflect over why you're here. Uh, and, and with that being said, inshallah, I'll be today focusing my entire talk around one hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In this one hadith, uh, Imam al-Hakim reports in his mustadrak that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, and this is a hadith you might have heard passed around or seen passed around, uh, sent around over social media, but you never really pondered its message. It just it sounds good as, as an anecdote, but you never really reflected on its message. And it's so imperative that we do because there's so much that it encapsulates. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he said, take benefit. Take benefit of five before five. And what are those five things that the Prophet ﷺ told us to take benefit of before the other five things occur? The first one the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is uh, take benefit of your youth before your old age. The second thing the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is to take benefit of your health before your sickness, before you get ill. And the third thing the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is for us to take benefit of our wealth before poverty strikes us. The fourth thing the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is to take benefit of your free time before you become preoccupied. And the last thing, uh, to take benefit of your life before your death. Now if we ponder over this hadith, this one hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Al-Hafidh al-Hakimi, he states that this hadith, this hadith uh, in its entirety is an encouragement for us to do as many good deeds as we can while we're young. To ensure that we continue the, that level of consistency throughout our lives, constantly striving, working hard with the desire to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even in the smallest of actions, uh, in, in order for us to take benefit of our time before we become preoccupied. Uh, this, is, this is something that we have to uh, undertake. Now, the first thing that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is to take advantage of your youthfulness. Take advantage of your, of, of, of your young nature. Take advantage of your body when it's young. Take advantage, advantage of your mind when you're young before you become old. Now, our elderly brethren, uh, our honorable elders will testify to this. That You know, there, there's a saying in, um, uh, in, in the Arabic language. is later shababa ya'ud, right? If only youth would return. Because we all have, ultimately, we all have regrets. Some of our regrets may be more uh, deeper than others. But inevitably, each and every one of us will regret certain things in our past. And it's imperative that we look back fondly on our past more so than we have regrets. Uh, and in order for us to do that, we need to ensure that the path that we take when we were a young man or a young woman, it's imperative that that be the right path. You see, at a young age, and this is why it's so important, if someone is inclined towards sin, 
if someone is inclined or taken by the shaitan to the wrong path, to the path that leads him or her astray, then in all likelihood, that individual is going to be on that path for a long time. And it's going to be far more difficult for them to come back to the straight path. Far more difficult. Because from a young age, this is what they've been accustomed to. This is what they've got used to. And it's going to be difficult for people to come back to that. The Prophet ﷺ praised the youth. The Prophet ﷺ encouraged and inspired the youth, constantly striving for them to be as, uh, uh, as worshipping as possible. For them to, uh, to, to do as many good deeds as possible. In fact, when the Prophet ﷺ established his state in, in Medina, the Prophet ﷺ would often listen to the advice and take the advice of the, of the young Ansari brothers who, who were active. And the Prophet ﷺ would encourage them to do as many good deeds as they possibly could. And this is imperative that we understand that this, this ni'mah that Allah has blessed us with, youth, youthfulness is a blessing. Because inevitably there's going to come a time, and if you live long enough, you're going to get old. If you live long enough, you're going to realize that you, you're unable to undertake or do those actions that you were able to do when you were younger. And that's when you'll begin to regret that when I had my faculties and I, when I was able to do this, I should have taken advantage of my body. I should have taken advantage of my mind. And it's imperative that we understand that. You know, the, the importance of the youth in Islam can never be understated. Listen to the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa You know the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu where he talks about, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of those seven individuals who will be granted shade underneath the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day that there will be no shade except the shade of Allah. Seven people are mentioned and we all desire to be among them. Two of those seven are one, وَشَابٌ نَشَعَ فِي إِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ One is the young man or the young person who grows up in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as in he spends his time in his youth in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That individual will be granted shade underneath the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when there will be no shade except his shade. The second one, which refers to the youth as well, is وَرَجُلٌ دَعَتْهُ إِمْرَأَةٌ ذَاتَ مَنْصَبٍ وَجَمَالٍ فَقَالَ إِنِّي أَخَافُ اللَّهِ A man who is invited, who is seduced by, by a woman of stature and beauty, and he says, إِنِّي أَخَافُ اللَّهِ No, I fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, this is referring to someone, the scholar state, is referring to that young man uh, who is invited by a woman and has the ability and capability to respond to her call. And yet, he uh, fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he holds back and he doesn't engage. Now, that individual too will be granted shade underneath the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when there will be no shade except his. If we look at the 
the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know what we will see? We'll see the youth of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In the youth of the Prophet alaihi salatu wasallam, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was constantly engaged in good acts. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam ensured that he was always trying to help and be in the assistance of others. Wallahu fi al abdi ma kan al abdu fi aun akhi. Allah subhanahu wa taala is in the assistance of His servant. So long as the servant is in the assistance of others, you continue to help others, you continue to assist others, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises that he will help you. He will assist you. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was that in his, youth, in his young age. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa established a, a, a justice with the hilful fudul. Ensuring that nobody was, uh, uh, was oppressed. Ensuring that if someone was oppressed, that we will, we will stand up for the oppressed. We will ensure that we will fight for those who are oppressed against the oppressors. The Prophet ﷺ in his young age refrained from getting involved in those actions that could potentially lead him astray. The Prophet ﷺ didn't put himself in a position where he could have done something which was displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he didn't even put himself in that position. And that's why it's imperative that, that the friendships that we formed, the union that we form while we're young, is one that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ is quoted as saying, that a person follows the deen of his close friend. A person follows the religion of his close friend. Therefore, let each and every one of you look carefully at whom he chooses as his close friends. See, good companionship goes a long way, doesn't it? In my young age, or in our young age, if we get involved with the bad crowd, if we get involved with, with friends and our friends are constantly leading us towards sin, evil and decadence, then inevitably one day we're going to fall into the trap. As much as we can say, well, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to succumb to the peer pressure. There's no such thing as peer pressure. I'm my own man. You know, I can do what I want. Nobody can convince me to do anything. Inevitably, you're going to, you're going to get involved in that. If my friends are, uh, are out partying all the time. My friends are out chasing after women all the time. If my friends are out stealing, robbing people, getting up to no good, then inevitably one day there's going to come a point when I'm going to get involved in that sort of a lifestyle. No matter how strong of a person I consider myself to be. This is why the Prophet wasallam he compared uh, he gave us the comparison of good companionship and bad companionship. And he compared good companionship to that of a perfume seller, a musk seller. Uh, you know, just being in the company of, this, of, of, of the perfume seller or entering the perfume seller's shop. You're not going to buy anything. You don't buy anything. But when you leave, you're still going to uh, have the athar, the effects of that perfume, of that musk, will still remain on your body. 
You know how sometimes you can smell something really, you know, really strong, really pungent. And when you leave that place where, you know, the smell was emanating from, you could still smell it. Right? Probably 20 minutes, half an hour later. It's still, it's still there in your nose. So the Prophet ﷺ compared good companionship with that of a musk seller. That even when you leave and you don't buy anything, you're still going to leave with a good smell. And you're still going to leave with a good feeling. Whereas the Prophet ﷺ compared bad companionship like that of a blacksmith. You know, just being merely being in the company of a blacksmith, what's going to happen? Your clothes are going to get dirty, you're going to get dust and dirt on your body. Even if you don't engage in, in the act itself. Even if you don't engage in the work of the blacksmith himself. So it's imperative that we take advantage of these opportunities that we have when we're young to ensure that we keep ourselves firmly grounded, understand that we have a purpose and that purpose is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I've, I've come across people and unfortunately this mentality does exist that people seem to think, you know, when we're young, it's okay. You know what? We're young, we're we're young and we're, we're bound to make mistakes and we're only ever going to learn, learn from our mistakes. And when we reach a certain age and we get older, when we don't have our faculties enough and when we can't get involved in this sort of a lifestyle anymore, then we'll change. Then we'll change. Then we'll start coming to the masjid. Then we'll start praying. But then you've got no choice really. Because your lifestyle would have led you to that. Because then you're going to have regrets. And you're going to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and his repentance. Irrespective of, of who you are. And who knows? How many of us know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us life for us to see that old age? Unfortunately, I, I, I was um, uh, sent... Some, uh, some videos of, of, of events that have been taking, taking place in the month of Ramadan concerning Muslim brothers in, in Birmingham. And I don't know whether you've heard of this, there's been a spate of, uh, of shootings and, 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 and stabbings and, and people uh, you know, getting hurt, potentially some people even getting killed, taking place in the month of Ramadan. And all of them are, the vast majority of them are, at least are concerning Muslims. And you know, I'm sure those Muslims, young Muslims thought to themselves as well that when we'll get to a certain age, don't worry, we'll change our ways. You know, we'll get, we'll, we'll improve ourselves and we'll try to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they weren't given that opportunity because the, li the life that they led, it led them to, to dying at a young age. And then it's too late. So you don't want to do that. You want to take advantage of your young life. The second thing the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is your health before your sickness. And that goes hand in hand with, with your youth. Take advantage of your, of your health. Take advantage of the, of, uh, of the faculties that you have. You know, ask someone who, who has had their health taken away from them. Ask someone who has been paralyzed, unable to walk, whereas previously they were. And what a change is brought about in their lives. Ask someone who is constantly working and striving hard just to, 
just to get through the day. That's how much pain they're in. That's how many illnesses they have. And they'll tell you of, of, of what kind of ni'mah good health is. Take advantage of it. When you're healthy, ensure that you use your health and your body to, to, to work on yourself and to ensure that you do good deeds and you try to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's imperative that we do that. Recite the Quran when you're healthy. Do good deeds when you're healthy. Get involved in social work when you're healthy, when you're able. Because that's what the Prophet ﷺ did. The third thing the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to take advantage of is your wealth before you become broke. Your wealth before poverty strikes you. Use the wealth that you have to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Give as much as you can in charity. Not just your zakah. Give as much sadaqah as you can. Look at the, the likes of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma. May Allah be pleased with both of them. They were wealthy, but their wealth was solely to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They spent their wealth solely for the message of Islam and for the message of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa In fact, the Prophet himself states, Regarding Sayyidina Abu Bakr that nobody's companionship and wealth has benefited me more than the companionship and the wealth of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Sayyidina Uthman, so many battles when the Prophet wasallam asked for funds, Uthman kept on giving, kept on giving. Because he realized, you know, this, this wealth that I have, right? He, these individuals, these blessed individuals, they understood that this is funny, it's temporary. Right? It may seem like a lot right now. It may seem like it's all about the money right now. It's all about the wealth and our entire life somehow revolves around this. But it's not. Inevitably, there's so much more than that. There's so much more to our life and our existence than trying to earn money and be as successful as we possibly can and be as wealthy as we, as we possibly can. There's so much more to life. And over time, we'll begin to understand that. You can be the richest man or woman on the planet. But you're also one day going to die. You're going to be buried six feet under. And no matter how much wealth you have, your wealth is not going to benefit you in the grave. People can take their wealth with them if they want. Be buried with it. Some people were. The Egyptian pharaohs were buried with their wealth. They were buried with their servants. They believed that they were going to be resurrected in this dunya, in this life. Did it benefit them? No. We use them as an example now. Nobody, nobody's wealth benefits them after their death except those who spend their wealth to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That wealth will benefit you. The wealth that you've spent in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On Yawmul Qiyamah, that wealth will speak out. Those good deeds will speak out and say, Oh Allah, he had wealth. You provided it for him. But he decided that someone else needed it more. He wanted to please you and he gave it. He gave as much away as he possibly could in order to please you. The fourth thing the Prophet sallallahu mentioned, your free time before you become busy. 
This concerns us in the moment we're in right now. A week left until the end of Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ informed us that نِعْمَتَانِ مَغْبُونٌ فِيهِمَا كَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ الصِّحْتُ وَالْفَرَاغِ That there are two blessings which many people misuse. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned good health and free time. We misuse our good health. We're unappreciative of our good health and we're unappreciative of our free time. We have to take advantage of the time that we have. Even if it's a little. For example, right now, there are some among us who will be thinking, you know what? I had the entirety of the month of Ramadan and I wasted it. I didn't you know, get the worship done that I, that I thought that I would. I didn't please Allah as much as I uh, planned to. But it's never too late. You've still got six or seven days to go. Try to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and take advantage of the time that you have left. There's no point, you know, uh, crying over spilt milk, pondering over the past and constantly thinking and getting yourself into, you know, that mentality where you're not going to be able to, to progress. Take advantage of the time that you have left. Every moment that you have from now, say, you know what, I'm going to divide my time into moments. If I can do something good, if I can help somebody else, I'm, gonna, I'm going to do that. I'm going to carry a Quran around with me. Even when I'm at work and I have some time left, I'm going to spend the time, my time, my free time reading the Quran. Do that. Instead of sitting down to, to watch the TV, to watch your favorite television program, or to watch a movie, why not sit down with a book about the seerah of the Prophet wasallam and try to learn about the prophetic life? In order for you to become a better human being. Turn these moments into something positive. It's imperative that we do. Imam Shafi'i and, and, and in fact it's attributed to Imam Shafi'i. But there are many other scholars like Imam Hassan al-Basri who is attributed to this statement as well. Is Al-Waktu Kassayf. That time is like a sword and you've heard this statement. Al-Waktu Kassayf. Illam taktahu qata'ak. That if you don't cut it, then it will cut you. What this means is that manage your time wisely. Don't let a single moment go to waste. If you don't busy your time, if you don't uh, get involved in good deeds, if you don't make your time all about trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your time will make you busy in doing bad deeds, in turning you away from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last thing that the Prophet wasallam mentioned that we need to take advantage of uh, it is our life before our death. And that's the most important one. When we have life, when we're alive, we've got the opportunity. The opportunity to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. The opportunity to turn back to Him. The opportunity to, uh, to do as many good deeds as we possibly can. Because the Prophet sallallahu told us, once you die, once you pass away, that's it. Everything stops. No more good deeds. Then everybody is going to be saying, Oh Allah, give me an opportunity, give me an opportunity, please, let me go back. Let me go back and I promise you, I promise you, I beg you, I'll do good deeds. But then it's going to be too late. So we've got that time now. When we've got life, no matter what condition we're in, we've got the opportunity to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and do as many good deeds as we can, to give as much charity as we can, to help. Uh, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as we can and to act upon the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa as much as we can. 
Be more like the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. If there's anything that we can take away from Ramadan, it should be the, the, the lifestyle of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. We've got so many role models that we, we try to emulate and we look up to. But no, none of us ever emulate the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam. We admire him, of course, we love him. We know him to be the greatest of Allah's creation. But how often do we think, you know what, the Prophet used to do this. And he used to do it in this way. I'm going to try and do it in exactly the same way. To be in the favor of Allah subhanahu the divine favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we've got that. I'll leave you with the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And, and it's, this is potentially, the, well it is the last Jum'ah of, of Ramadan. And you know we've, we've got an opportunity now. Um, seven days and we can take advantage of these seven days and we don't want to we don't want to be in a position when ramadan has passed and that that you know that that blessings and that barakah that you experience in the month of ramadan the masajid are full and as soon as it you know eid is announced it's as if some there's a sweeping change occurs in the community like as if the community becomes dead that spirituality is lifted almost immediately the masajid immediately become empty. Um, that level of brotherhood and that bond that you have with people, constantly seeing people, each other for iftar, enjoying a meal together, right? Praying together. You know, the, the brothers who pray together, the brothers and sisters who pray together, they stay together. And, and you got that opportunity now. Don't let the, the, the friendships that you've made, the brotherhood that you've experienced, don't let that bond break. Um, after the month of Ramadan has passed, try to keep it alive. Try to keep the flame of that brotherhood um, and that love and that mahabba alive in your hearts. The Prophet sallallahu once said in a hadith reported by Sayyidina Abu Hurair radiallahu ta'ala an ma min ahadin yamutu illa nadima that there is no one who dies except that he will regret. Qalu and the companions, they, they asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَمَا نَدَامَتُهُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ And what is his regret going to be, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Qal, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِن كَانَ مُحْسِنًا نَدِمَ أَن لَا يَكُونَ ازْدَادٍ That if he was a doer of good, if he performed good deeds, he will regret that he was not able to do more. وَإِن كَانَ مُسِيعًا نَدِمَ أَن لَا يَكُونَ نَزَعٍ And if he was a doer of, of bad deeds, of evil deeds, he will regret that ultimately he was not able to stop himself. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable each and every one to, to do as many good deeds as we possibly can. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the courage and the ability to act upon the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu to this short period of time that we have left now until the end of Ramadan these latter final stages of this blessed month may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable each and every one of us to extract as much barakah from it as we possibly can take these moments and turn them into something positive turn them into something inspirational inshallah ta'ala wa akhirud da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin